With Hashem's assistance, we learn in Kedushin Daf Ayin, page 70. We begin at the very top of the page. Geri Haruri. Amongst the ten levels of lineage that we mentioned in the Mishnah, so we said they were converts and freed slaves. Minalan, how do we know this? All those who were separated from the impurity of the nations of the land. So that's referring to converts, those who chose to join the Jewish people and to leave behind them. The nations of the world. Mam Zegri, we said there were bastards included. I mean, how do we know this? Because the verse is, The verse in Nehemiah chapter 2, so it says that Sanvalat from Choron and Tuvia, the Eved, he was a slave, an Ammonite slave. So it refers to these people, Uksiv. And the verse says, So the verse refers to the fact that there were many people who had a, co- a covenant with him. They were Bali Shvua to him. They had a covenant. Why? Because he was a father-in-law of Shechenia ben Arach. Rashi tells us Shechenia was somebody who was a Jewish person. And his father-in-law was Tuvia. Tuvia the slave, the Goyish person, the non-Jewish person. So now they had a child. Yehochanan, his son. So he went and he married the daughter of Meshulam ben Brechia, who it would seem is also a Jewish person. So what do we see? So Kosovar, this will bring a proof from here. Clearly we hold, that if a non-Jew or a slave has relations with a Jewish woman, so the child is considered a mamzer, a bastard. So therefore that will be a proof from this verse. We see that there were product, there was a product from this marriage, we're assuming, and uh, the child would have been a mamzer. So we see that in fact there were mamzerim also brought down to Eretz Yisrael, the land of Israel. Let's go according to the one who says that in fact the product of such a relationship is going to be a mamzer. According to one who says that the child is in fact kosher, the child is not considered a mamzer. What are we going to say? Visu. Additionally, who even says that they had any children? Maybe they didn't. Visu. And additionally, let's say they even did have children. Who said that they had the children when they were in Babylonia and they came to Israel? Maybe they've been in Israel all along. Meaning, maybe they never left Israel even after Gedaliah ben Achikam was killed. Says Rashi. But rather. From here, this is a, a better proof from the following verse. These are those who came up, meaning they came up from Babylonia. So, simple understanding of the verse is that it's talking about three different places. One is called Tel Melach, the uh, hill of salt. One's called Tel Kharsha, the hill of Kharsha. Kruv, Adam, Ve'im are different names of different places, but we're going to dash on what these things mean. And they weren't able to tell uh, what their lineage was, if they were from the Jewish people or not. So what's the pshat? What's the understanding of the verse? Tel Melach. What does it refer to when we said this mountain of salt? This is referring to people whose actions are like the actions of Sodom. That was turned over to be a mountain of salt. So Rashi explains that the people in Sodom, so they were very degenerate, they had major issues with Gilui Arias, with doing acts that were licentious. Uh, if, let's say, a man would go and hurt a woman, such that the child, the fetus that's inside of the woman, would come out, so then the husband of this woman would say to the guy who caused the damage, he would say, you get my wife pregnant, and when she's pregnant, so then she'll come back, you have to repay what you did wrong to me. So it would come out that according to the Jews, this is how Rashi explains it, so according to our laws, so this person, the child, 
is going to be considered a mamzer, a bastard. But according to them, so this was something that was okay. So these people are so degenerate that the people who are coming here, they were mamzerim, they were bastards, such that they were referred to as telmelach, people who came from a place that was similar to Sodom that turned into this mountain of salt. The Gemara continues, Telcharsha, what's this referring to this place called Telcharsha? This is Shakari Abba Vimoy Mishaskasai. This is referring to somebody who is told to be quiet when he calls out Abba, he says, this is my father. His mother says, no, 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 be quiet. Shh, shh, shh. They weren't able to tell the, the, over their lineage. And if they come from the seed of the Jewish people. This is referring to the people who came, who were brought down by Ezra, who were Asufi people who had been brought in from the market, and they don't know who their parents were. The end of the Pasuk says these three things. Rabbi Avo says, The Master said, meaning Hashem said, I said that the Jewish people should be important in front of me like an angel. But they made themselves like a leopard. And Rashi explains that a leopard, so they're not, they're not monogamous. They don't, they're not faithful to their spouse, so to speak. So they made themselves, we're saying that the Jew made themselves like a leopard who's not faithful to their spouses, and therefore they, they were involved in Gilead Arias and licentious behavior. The master said, meaning Hashem said, even though they've made themselves like a leopard, they have not been faithful to their wives or to their spouses. Nevertheless, despite that, I love them unconditionally. They're still important to me, exactly like a malach, like an angel. Whoever marries a woman that's inappropriate for him, so the verse considers it as if he's made the whole world science silent, vizare melach, and he's made his children to be like salt. And I think the understanding of this is that just like salt, a place of salt cannot grow anything. For instance, the yam melach, the salty sea in Israel, so nothing can live in that sea. So a person who's, does, who's married somebody who's inappropriate for him, who's married a woman whose apostle is forbidden to him, so he's created that his children are not going to be able to get married to anyone else. So he's caused his children to become infertile in a certain sense. Shenemar, as the verse says, melach, these are those who came up from Tel Melach, from the hill of saltiness, Tel Kharsha, and from the hill of quietude. And so we see both of these aspects. We have the aspect of quietude, making the whole world silent, and we have the aspect of making one's children like salt. The way Rashi has it is that since you made them to be silent, meaning unable to be able to say over their yuchus, their lineage, because you married someone who's inappropriate, someone who's apostle, someone who is, there's something wrong with their lineage, so therefore you've made them unable to have children, you made them unable to marry, they're going to be like salt. That's how Rashi has it. Let's say somebody marries someone who is inappropriate for him, but he does it because of money. She's got money. So he has children who are not good children. The verse says, In God have they rebelled, because they had children, strange children, meaning they had children who are inappropriate, because they married someone who was inappropriate for them. If you're going to say that perhaps the money will still remain, that's what the verse says, Within a month, they're going to eat up the money. The money's going to be gone. Meaning, you married for the money, but the money's going to be gone very fast. And if you want to say, what does it mean? What money is getting, getting used up quickly? It's only his portion in the money, but not that which is her portion, because maybe she hasn't done anything wrong, as Rashi explains, because she's trying to marry someone who's miyuchus, someone who has good lineage. So the verse says, the verse is plural. Both of their portions are going to disappear. And if you want to say that maybe the money will disappear in a long time, that's why 
says within a month it's going to disappear. My mashma, how do we see from the verse of Nachman Bar Yitzchak, Chodesh Nichnas Chodesh That what does it mean in the verse when it says a month? It means that a month is going to go in, a month is going to go out. It's going to be a short amount of time. When Avad, the money is gone. The Amar Rabbi Barav Ada, Rabbi Barav Ada said, "Amri la Amar Bissala, Amar Hamnuna." There are those who say that Rabbi Sala said in the name of Rabbi Hamnuna. Kol anaisi isha she'en hagenesla. Whoever marries a woman who is inappropriate for him, Elio Kaifsoi. So Elijah and Rashi says we're not talking about Elijah the prophet here. We're talking about Eliyahu, some kind of malach who's in charge of these types of accountings. So Eliyahu ties him up. Hakadosh Baruch Hu writes in Hashem himself gives him lashes. V'tan al kulam, and we learned in regards to all of these cases. Elio Kaifsev, Eliyahu. Writes, writes down what he's done. And God signs. Woe unto the one who makes his children to have some kind of blemish. Someone who blemishes his family. Someone who marries a woman who is inappropriate to him. The girl takes out the next few words. And someone who says that others are blemished, there's something wrong with their family, so he himself is actually problematic. And he's not speaking of the praises of the world. And so so what the understanding of it is, Pashas, as far as I understand, is that since he's speaking about other people, it's clear he's trying to cover up for his own problem that he has. And Shmuel says, That whatever he's saying that other people are, that's exactly what he is. If he's calling other people Avalim, that they're slaves, so that's what he is. If he's calling other people Mamzerim, so that's what he is. There was a certain man, who came from the place called Naharda. He came into the slaughterhouse in Pumbedis, and he said to the people behind the counter, Give me some meat. So they responded to him and said, Please wait until the Shamish, the guy who's in charge, who was the messenger of Rabbi Yehuda, who was a great man, until he takes, and then we'll give to you. So he said in contempt, he spoke in a negative way of Rabbi Yehuda, and he said, referred to him as Rabbi Shviskel. Who is this guy that he's going to go in front of me? The Shakal Ben Kamal is going to take before me. So they went and they told Rav Yehuda what this guy had said, Shamte. So they put this man, this this uh, person who was from Naharda, so they put him into a ban. So they told Rav Yehuda that this person is accustomed to calling people slaves. So he went, so Rav Yehuda went and he proclaimed about this guy that he's a slave. In line with what we said right before, that, that a person who's claiming that other people are slaves is because he's a slave. So that guy who they had placed a ban on, so he went to Rav Nachman, and had Rav Nachman invite Rav Yehuda Bar to a court hearing involving this whole case. I see Pisca de Hazmano, so he brought this paper that had on it the invitation for Rav Yehuda Bar to come to Rav Nachman for this court date. Also Rav Yehuda Lekamid Rav Huna. So Rav Yehuda now, he didn't know what to do. Should he go to this court date? So he came in front of Rav Huna to ask him what to do. Amar Lei Ezel, he asked him, should I go or not? I would not require you to go because you're a great person. But only because of the honor of the house of the Nasi, of the prince, which was, I guess Rav Nachman was in the family of the prince, or he was the prince. So kumzil, so you should go, in fact. So now, Sir Rav Yehuda founder of Nachman, he came to Rav Nachman, and Rav Nachman was building a fence on the roof of his house. Amar Rav Yehuda 
says to Rav Nachman, he says a numer- numerous things, he's trying to show him that it was inappropriate for Rav Nachman to call Rav Yehuda Bar Yechezkel to come to this court date. Amr le'le savar lamar, lahada amr Rav Huna Bar Idi, do you not hold of that which Rav Huna Bar Idi said, Amr Shmuel in the name of Shmuel, once a, per- a person has become an, a dignitary in, over the public, so it's inappropriate for him to do any kind of work in front of three people. So why, why are you putting up this fence? Amr Lei, Sir Nachman, answered, He responded and said, I'm putting up this this uh, little fence because it's a mitzvah. Amr Lei, so Rav Yehuda Bar Yechezka responded and said to Rav Nachman, Why did you refer to this fence as a porta de gundrisa, a little fence? Why didn't you, what's wrong with the word that the Torah used, which is ma'aka, that's the word for fence. Or perhaps mechitza, a wall, that the, the rabbis use. What's wrong, why are you saying funny words? That's what Rav Yehuda Bar Yechezka was saying to Rav Nachman. Again, Rashi explains that the whole time he was trying to, to show him that it was inappropriate for him to call him to this bezdin, to this court date. Amar lei, Yasid Mar Karpita. So Rav Nachman went to, said to Rav Yehuda Bar Yechezkel, would you please sit down on this bench? Amar lei, so, so Rav Yehuda Bar Yechezkel responded and said, what's wrong with the word safsal that the rabbis use? Or the word itzdaba that people, the regular people use. Why can't you say it a normal way? Why are you saying Karpita? Amar lei, so Rav Nachman said to Rav Yehuda Bar Yechezkel, lechul mar esrenga, would you like to have an esrog? Would you like to have some citrons? So Rabbi Yehuda Bar responded to him and said, This is what Shmuel said, whoever refers to an Esrog as an Esrog, one third of him is filled up with pride. Either refer to it as an Esrog, like the rabbis call it, or the word Esrog as people usually say it. So why are you saying it in a funny way? So Rav Nachman later on said to him, Would you like to have this drink? What's wrong with the word Espargus, which is what the rabbis call it? Anpak, the Amri or the word Anpak is people usually saying, Why are you saying this funny way, Anbaga? So Rav Nachman says to Rabbi Yehuda Bar Yecheskel, let my daughter Duna come out and give us a drink. So Rabbi Yehuda Bar Yecheskel says to him, this is what Shmuel said, you're not allowed to use a woman to, to serve you. So Rav Nachman said to him, what do you mean, she's, she's a minor. He responded and said, explicitly Shmuel said, you can't use a woman to serve you at all, whether she's an adult or whether she's a minor. So Rav Nachman said to him on a later point, would you like me to send regards to you, to my wife Yalta? So said to him, this is what Shmuel said, I can't send regards to your wife because she'll respond. And I guess from what I understand, from what I remember, so they used to respond and the, the greetings that they used to give would be in a sing-song voice. So it would be problematic. It would be a problem of Kolbi Isha Erva. He'd, he'd hear Yalta, Rav Nachman's wife, sing in a certain sense. So Rav Nachman said to Rabbi Yehuda Yecheskel, so send, it, so send the regards through a shliach, through a messenger. He's responded to him and said, This is what Shmuel said. We turn to Ayin Amabez, page 70b. The halacha is, You're not allowed to send regards to a woman. Rashi explains, Because you might become accustomed to being with each other, and they might come to some kind of showing of affection, which is inappropriate for someone who's married. Ali de Palas, Rav Nachman, said to him, So I'll, I'll be the one who's going to, I'll send her regards for you. It's not going to create any kind of affection if I'm the one bringing the regards. So he responded and said, And this is what Shmuel said, You're not allowed to send regards to someone else's wife at all. It's problematic no matter what you do. So his wife, Rav Nachman's wife, he heard this whole exchange, what was going on, and his wife sent to him a little message. She said to him, do what you have to do to get rid of this guy, to get rid of Yehuda by Yechezkel, so that he doesn't make you seem like a complete fool. 
So he says to him, So Nachman says to Rabbi Yehuda what are you doing here? Why, what, what's, what brought you here? He said to him, I received a letter of invitation for me to come to a court date in front of you. So Rav Nachman says to him, I don't even speak your language. I can't get anything right with you. How is it possible that I possibly sent you a, a, uh, an invitation to come for a court date? So Rabbi Yehuda Yechezko took out this invitation that he had received in Bechade from his lap, and he showed it to him, he said, here's the man, here's the invitation. So he says, once you're here already, let's get a little bit involved in this case, so people don't say that these rabbis are just, you know, out to knock each other out. So Rav Nachman says to Rav Yudabai Yechezko, what's the reason, in fact, why you put that guy in a ban? So he answered, He caused a messenger of one of the rabbis to, to have pain, meaning he said something negative about the sholeach, the person who sent, meaning I sent the, the messenger to go get some meat, and this guy made fun, made fun of me in front of the shliach, so I felt it was appropriate to place a ban upon him. So now Rav Nachman responded and said, Why don't you give him lashes? The Rav Mangid we find that Rav, in fact, gave lashes to somebody who bothered a messenger of the rabbis. So he responded and said, the Adif Avdi, actually did something which was uh, a greater thing to him, which was that I created this knas, this fine, that I placed him in a ban. So Rav Nachman asked him, why did you make this pronouncement that he was a slave? Because I heard that, it's, that he's accustomed to calling other people slaves. And we learned, that whoever claims that other people are some, some kind of soul, some kind of uh, blemish in their lineage, so he himself has that blemish. And he's not speaking positively about the world in general. Shmuel says that whatever blemish he's claiming other people have, that's his own blemish. So, so Rav Nachman said, when did Shmuel say that? To be worried about it, but to make a pronouncement based on that information? That's not going to be enough to actually tell everyone that he is an Evid. Just then, the guy came in. So this guy, who was the, the one who he had placed the ban upon, he came in and he said to him like this, Who are you calling? You're calling me a slave? I'm someone who comes, I have such such great lineage, I come from the from the kings of the house of the Chashmonaim. So if Yehud, the turned to him right away without blinking, without batting an eyelash, says to him, this is what Shmuel said, called the whoever says that they come from the house of the Chashmonaim kings, so he's actually a slave. As the Gemara is going to explain later on, that there was one woman left from the whole family that had survived, and she went and she committed suicide. We'll see that very soon. But therefore, anyone who's coming and saying that they're from the Beis Chashmonaim is actually lying because it's not really true and what had happened Rashi explains is that Hurdus so he claimed that he was actually from Beis Chashmonai but he was actually a slave so anyone who comes from or claims that he comes from the Beis Chashmonai is actually from Hurdus he's actually a slave so now Rav Nachman turns to him and says do you not hold that which Rabbi Abba said in the name of Rav Huna in the name of Rav any time that a sage is saying a halacha he's saying the law and he's coming along and saying it in 
says it before the fact, meaning before the story where it affects him, so then we would listen to him. But if not, we can't listen to him. So we can't. I can't believe you when you say that uh, that this is true. Behold, said Rabbi Huda Bar of Masna also holds like me. He knows the statement of Shmuel, and I'm not saying it on my own. So what happens? Rav Masna It had been 13 years since the last time Rav Masna had been in Arda. Hahu Yama on that very day, by coincidence, quote unquote. So he comes in also, and he comes. Amar Dachir Mar My Amar Shmuel. Do you remember? Yehuda Bar says to Rav Masna. Do you remember what Shmuel said? When he was standing one foot on the shore and one foot on the bridge or on the boat, Amar Hachi. He said to him, This Amar Shmuel is what Shmuel said. Called the Amar Bibbeis Chashmonei Malka Kasiyuna Avdehu. Whoever says that he comes from the house of the Chashmonaim, from the kings of Chashmonaim, he's actually a slave. There was only one woman left from that whole family. The Salka Le'Egor. She went up onto the roof, and she raised her voice for Amra, and she said, "Called the Amar Bibbeis Chashmonei Ano Avdehu. Whoever says that they're from the house of Chashmonei, they're actually going to be a slave." Nafla Me'Egor Umiyasa. She fell off the roof and she died. So here, of Masna confirmed the statement of Rabbi Yehuda Bar Yecheskel, and the story continues. In fact, they pronounced about this person that he was a slave. And on that day, many ksuvas were ripped up in the Harda because there were numerous families that had married into this guy's family, and it turned out that he and his whole family were slaves. So when Rabbi Yehuda Bar Yecheskel was leaving the Harda, so, so they had come out and they wanted to stone him, all these people of the this family because they were so upset about this statement that he made so he said to them if you're quiet then then all will be well but if not I'm going to reveal about you that which Shmuel said that there are two uh, different families that exist in the one family is called the house of Yonah one of them is called the house of the raven and the sign is which one is considered a good family which one is not the impure animal is impure, meaning they're not kosher. And the, the pure animal, meaning the family that's called after the yona, after the dove, so they are pure. They threw all the stones from their hands. And they created a dam in the river, meaning there were so many stones that they threw at him, they actually created a dam in the middle of the river. made the following announcement in Avdi. The two families of Ada and Yonason, they're slaves. Yehuda bar Papa Mamzera. Yehuda bar Papa, the family of his, are Mamzerian bastards. Bati Bartuvia, Beramas Rucha Bati Bartuvia was a slave, and in his great pride, he didn't take, he didn't get a freedom document. Machas Rabba Mechusa, Rabba announced in Mechusa, Beloi Danoi Taloi Maloi Zagoi Kulan All of these different families, or perhaps places, they're all filled with people who are not who are problematic with their with their family lineage. Rav Yehuda said the family Goivoy, they're actually called Goivoy because they're actually, their their name resembles the, what they are, which are, are Givonim, they're Nesinim. Dornunisa, Deroi Nesinoi. This place, Dornunisa, is actually a city of Nesinim. That's why it's called Dornunisa. Rav Yosef said, Hi Bekuvi de Pumadisa. This place Bekuvi in Pumadisa, Kulam da Avdi. They're all people who are descended from slaves. Rav Yehuda said the name of Shmuel, 
Shmuel, Aramaeus Avodim. So he said in the name of Shmuel that there were 400 slaves, Amrila Arbaas Alafim Avodim. Now those who said that there were 4,000 slaves, Hoyla the Pashkar bin Amar. They were owned by this guy, Pashkar bin Amar. The Kulam Nitmu be Kuhuna, they were all got mixed in and married into families of Kuhuna. They called Koyan Shayish by Aziz Panim. And anytime you find a Kohen who is brazen, he must be one of them, meaning he is from these slaves. Amar Abaya, Abaya says, Kulu Yasam Bishura the Minahardar. They all lived in this place called Shura, which was in Nahardar. This is an argument with Rabbi Lazar. The Amar Rabbi Lazar says, If you see a Kohen who has brazenness, don't think after him, because the verse says, Your nation will be like those who fight amongst the Kohanim. Meaning the Kohen, his characteristic or his character trait, call it, is brazenness. Rabbi Avin Barav Ada said in the name of Rav, Whoever marries a woman who is inappropriate for him, so when God places His divine presence upon the Jewish people, so He testifies about all of the tribes, but not about Him. Shneimar, the verse says, Yisrael. The tribes of God, the testimony to the Jewish people. When is it going to be a testimony to the Jewish people? When the tribes are faithful to their lineage, they're called Shifteka. When God places His divine presence upon the Jewish people, so only places it on the families who have good lineage in the Jewish people. Shinemar's the verse says, At that time, in the name of God, I'm going to be a God for all of the, the families of the Jewish people. It doesn't say to all the Jews, only it says, rather it says to all the families, they shall be for me a nation. Rabbi Baravuna says like this, This is an advantage that the, the, the Jews have, the regular Jews have over converse. In regards to the Jewish people, it says in regards to them, I shall be to them first a God. And they then will be for me a nation. Meaning, first there's the relationship, and then the Jewish people, no matter what, they're going to be a nation to God. Whereas in regards to the Gerim converts, it says, Who's the one whose heart has been warmed to bring themselves close to me? And they shall be to me as a nation. And I shall be to them as a God. Meaning first, the person that has to choose to become close to God. And only then does God bring him under his wing. So that's the advantage of the Jewish people, that even without us choosing to be part of his nation, we still are, no matter what we do. We'll continue from here with Hashem's help in the next daily daf.